Welcome to the 2X Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kasky. Hey, people, Bill Kasky, back for another episode of the 2X Podcast. And before we get into this, obviously, I always say this, and I will continue to say it because we have new listeners popping in all the time. Uh, go to BillKasky.com. You can download a freebie. I've got three there, one's for presidents and CEOs, one's for sales managers and leaders, and one's for professional salespeople. The one for salespeople is called the 2X Quick Start, and I've been saying here for a few weeks, it's a great time of year to get that because it's, uh, we're heading into a new year, new calendar year, and it's time to plan. And that is exactly what those three videos there will do. They're free and they come uh, separated by, I think, three or four days each. So you'll have a chance to put some things into action, BillKasky.com. As I think I've told you before, the way I come up with content for this podcast is not just to sit around with my eyes closed in a meditative trance with uh, certain megahertz music on in the background. I probably should try that, though. The way I come up with this is I'm in the real world talking to VPs of sales, CEOs, salespeople every day, every day, almost all day. And a lot of times I will come back home at night and say, what happened to me today? What kinds of topics did we talk about with our clients that would be useful to a broader audience? And so that's where I get these. And I'm always trying to select items that are universal in nature. So it's not one-off stuff that only a fraction of the world pays attention to. I could do that. I, I get a lot of that. But that's not really what helps you. What helps you is more universal themed things that uh, I see in the market and I'm go- going to try to give you some solutions for. And today is no exception. That I had a meeting with a prospect about a month or so ago, and this was a VP of sales who was using a current train? They had a current training program with a trainer slash coach. I mean, somebody like me, because that's what I do. I work with B two B sales organizations in the in the area of business growth, skills growth, training, coaching, all those things that come under that. And he was pretty happy with this person. He was he'd been working with him about a year. The him being the trainer, and they were pretty happy. They'd seen some movement. The needle was starting to move a little bit. But he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, how do I put it here? He wasn't ecstatic. He was just okay. And so he was contacting me through a friend and saying, you know, should I be looking at something else? I like, I like it, but I don't love it. And so we had this conversation. And I think this is something that whether you are an individual and you have a personal coach or a sales coach or a professional coach, or whether you're a company and you have a training organization that's in, the same thing applies. Because here's what I see happen. A lot of times, a company, in this case, will say to the trainer after a couple years, you know what, I think we're just going to uh, end our relationship temporarily, always temporarily, and, and let's just, let us work on what you've given us so far. Let's put that into use. Then let's come back in a year and let's, let's start up again. Well, A, that is a a joke. That's a kid. That's a lie, whatever you want to call it. I know people have intentions of doing that, but it never happens. Here's what happens instead. After six months, I get a call from a salesperson who is at the company that I had been working with, for example, and the salesperson says, hey, things really haven't progressed. In fact, I think we're back to our old ways. We got back to our old ways within within 90 days of you leaving. And I I would say, of course, of course you do. It doesn't have, it's not about me. It's about anytime somebody comes in from the outside 
and begins to talk about precepts, concepts, principles that cause you to have to change your behavior. When they leave, you will typically go back to your behavior, not all the way back, but you'll go back. And the reason you go back typically is because there's no reinforcement there. There's no accountability. And so that's not to say that you need to depend on a coach or a trainer. No, I don't like the dependent relationship at all. But the coach or the trainer needs to be giving you principles and advice that changes you at the core, not just changes your behavior. Because when the trainer goes away, if it's only about behavior change, and I know, I know people, I, I hear this a lot from, from VPs. I'm going on a little tangent here. We want behavior change. That's what we want. We need behavior. And if we're going to have results change, we need behavior change. And I always feel like, no, behavior change, you will get it for a while and then it will go back. So when the trainer or the, well, forget about whether we call it a trainer, when the, when the force that caused the change in the first place goes away, if it's only about behavior, then the behavior will, will typically either not go away totally, but it'll, it'll come, off the, come off the pedal. So I say, no, you don't need behavior change. You need thought change. You need mindset change. You need human change. And that's what happens. Uh, and, and this goes for whether you're an individual and you have a personal coach or a company. Don't necessarily just get rid of the coach. Talk to them. Work with them. Try to figure out if they can help you in a different way. And I'm going to talk to you about what that way is. But don't give up on them. And they should, just like they shouldn't give up on you. And I'll, uh, again, share some ideas on how you should be seeing these people. But this is for anybody that has a personal coach or is an organization that has a training organization that comes in and works with them. There's two major areas that an outside trainer should be concerned with. One is issues and two is identity. And the issues are the business issues. For example, the VP of sales calls me and says, hey, my people aren't calling at the right level. And because of that, our closing rates are 6%. And we're spending a lot of energy in the company pursuing these deals and getting very few of them. Or it's that plus it's we're not doing a good job of messaging or we're not controlling the process. You know all the issues. I talk about them here on the podcast. And there are tons of issues there's never just one, never just one. But those are the business issues, and that's not what I'm going to focus on today. The second one is identity. You can tell me what your issues are, and I'll craft a curriculum that will come in and, and fix those issues. I can promise you if your people follow it, they will fix the issues. I've just seen it work too many times. It's proven. I mean, I know it's not proven to you, but it's proven to me. It works. The problem comes when the individual is asked to change. It's they, they have to change their identity in certain ways, not, not who they are as a human being, but just how they see themselves, a self-identity. Do they see themselves as a salesperson who's out there busting the street every day and, 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 and working, and they think the only way, this is something I see a lot, the only way that a prospect's ever going to buy from me is if I personally show up at their doorstep and walk them through the presentation and spend three hours with them. It's the only way they're going to buy. They just can't do it without me. And of course, that's false. And if you're telling yourself that, you better change your mind because the world is going to pass you by. It just is. So the identity issues show up when you get ready to change or somebody gets ready to change or your coach says to you, hey, you know what, Phil, you need to take a different look at this. You need to do it this way. And you say back to Phil, well, I could, but I've been doing it this other way for so long. I'm not sure I really want to change that. It's not because you don't believe the trainer or the coach. It's because that would require a change in identity. 
in who you were, who you, how you were when you showed up as part of our identity. It's part of, it's part of a, a fundamental DNA in a way. And so a trainer or coach or somebody like me comes along and says, hey, you've got to change the, the way you're acting here. You've got to, instead of doing this here, you've got to do that there. And you say, okay, but you don't do it. And the reason you don't do it is because we've never approached it from an identity standpoint. We've always approached it from an issue standpoint. An example of this is I, I have a, uh, a current client, actually, who is a very good sales professional, and he's with a firm where he is the number one sales pr- professional. He's number one by probably 2x, although I don't know for sure. And he came to me about a year ago and said, I know I, I'm the number one rep, but I know there's I, I could literally do double and, and I'd worked with him in the past, but he came back to me after he'd been away for a couple of years. He was one that did come back. He says, I know I could probably double my income, but I don't have anybody to look to for that inside the company and haven't and won't. So I need somebody, a coach, to, to coach me on different mindsets. That I, and he, he was very schooled in, in this whole notion of identity. I need to change my mind about what's possible, basically is what he said. So we spent the first couple of months becoming very clear about what was possible for him, not with any kind of need or attachment to it, just he was starting to identify how he could get to this doubling of income. And by the way, if you haven't done that exercise with your people, or if you're in sales and you haven't done it recently, it's a great time of year to do it. Start to think through what would it take for me to double my income? And before you start to talk yourself out of it, just start to plan. Just say, what, what would it take? I'm curious. I wonder. I wonder what it would take. You'll start to come up with some things that will significantly increase your income. But if you just work, go into the exercise by saying, well, how do I increase my income by 5% next year? Then you'll get a 5% answer. If you ask for a doubling of the income, you'll get a doubling answer. And you may be uncomfortable with some of those answers. But anyway, I digress. The point is that he came to me and we started to work and he had identified, or we, we identified together, several limiting beliefs that he had about this income level he was trying to get to. One was a deserving level. Do I deserve to earn $550,000 a year? Or whatever that number is. Because he was already doing well, but he had deserving issues. And that was limiting him. And so what we had to do there in that case was we had to walk through, I'll tell you exactly how we did it. We walked through a reframing of what income even means for him. Because for him, income was something that the market gave to him, and then he was a steward of that income. I said, you've got to stop looking at it that way because at some point, enough is probably enough. Are you going to be happier with 600000 than you were with 300000 I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. Probably not, really. Because I always find the happiest times in our lives were times when we, weren't, when we had very little. <laughs> we just made, made good with what we had. So I'm not sure happiness and income are tied specifically together. But he said, but I said you're going to have to change your frame about what it means to earn six hundred grand a year. And so we started looking at market value. What kind of market value was he going to have to give to his clients and to his prospects? How generous was he going to have to be in order for them to give him back 600 grand in income? And so it became more about how can he give than how can he get? 
And I think this is the case for all of us, and especially for him. It just it just clicked in him in 15 minutes. He said, I, I never look at it that way. I always look at what do I need to sell to get what I want? I said, well, you've got to change that because that's not helpful as you get into higher income ranges. So you've got to reframe that. But that's a mindset thing. That's an identity thing. That's not an issue thing. I, I can't tell him to make 1,700 more calls a year to get to 600 grand. He wouldn't do it. So unless you are changing your identity and who you see yourself to be when you show up in the market and how you see the market, its perspective is another way to look at it is, is perspective. What perspective do you have about yourself, about your possibility, about the strategy to get there? Because if you think that it, it's going to create more pain than it's worth, you're not going to do it. If I say you can double your income, just make twice as many calls, work twice as many hours, work every weekend, you're going to say you're full of crap. I don't want to do that, which I don't blame you. You shouldn't. But there's the, that's the mechanical way. Better way is to change your identity. So I hope this helps. I, I think that it, as you look at your own growth and your own personal potential, I think you have to ask yourself the question not what do I need to do to get to that next level, but rather, who do I need to be to get to that next level? What are some limiting, limiting beliefs that I have that if I don't get rid of these and, and, and remedy these beliefs, then I'm going to keep pushing one foot on the pedal and one foot on the brake, and I'm going to feel like I'm working really hard and I'm not really doing much more. And that is exactly what's happening. I think a lot of times we also have this work ethic thing that gets in the way that we feel like we have to work and grind 12, 14 hours a day if, if we're going to deserve anything. And I think we've got to get out of that. That's a, that's a topic for a different episode. But I do want you to think about if you have a coach, and if you don't have a coach, you need a coach. You need somebody there to help you, especially if you're over 50, 60 grand a year. I mean, that to me, that's kind of the magic number. And it doesn't mean to, need to be a $3,000 a month coach. It needs to be, you need to be in a coaching program, in a mastermind group, or an individual coach. Individual coaches are more expensive. But if you have the means and you're generating two to $300,000 a year, or you have a complex life where you have a business or a couple businesses and you have property, and you have a complex life, you might need a couple coaches. You might need a marketing coach. You might need a productivity coach. You might need a sales coach. You might need a leadership coach. You might need all of those. And there's nothing wrong. I know people right now who are, who are doing very well who have several coaches because they have different parts of their life that need to be compartmentalized and they need coaches for those people. But if you find a coach or if you're an organization and you're in the middle of training, make sure the trainer is working on the identity of the people. That's what's going to force change, not just knowing the curriculum to fix the issues. Once again, you can go to BillCaskey.com, comment. Uh, you can also follow me on LinkedIn. That's where we post these and we get some comments and uh, some strings of questions and answers and critiques going. So we'd love to have you there. It's uh, just look up Bill Caskey and there it goes. And I will accept your invite and we're off to the races. See you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the 2X Podcast. If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at bill at billkasky.com or follow him on Twitter at Bill Kasky.